Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Contact tracing underway after the Philippines confirmed its first case of the more infectious COVID-19 variant from the UK. The patient, a 29-year-old male from Quezon City who left for Dubai with his girlfriend on December 27 for business purposes. He returned to Manila last January 7 via Emirates flight EK332. The patient and his girlfriend are now in quarantine. Kasalukuyan, nakakwarantin ang lahat ng close contacts ng pasyente under strict monitoring ng LGU. Bagamat wala pa ang UAE sa hanay ng mga bansang nasasailalim sa travel restriction dahil sa pinaigting na biosurveillance at sa pinahigpit na border control ng gobyerno, agad na natukoy at na-isolate ang naturo, naturang kaso. Nakipag-ugnayan na rin ang DOH sa Department of Interior and Local Government upang magsagawa ng contact tracing hanggang sa third degree para sa mga magpopositibo sa variant. Health Undersecretary Maria Rosario Vergere now urging passengers who were on that flight to cooperate with the DOH's contact tracing efforts. She reveals some of them have been dropping their calls. Of the 159 passengers, excluding the case, 92 or 58% had already been contacted. Those who did not respond had unattended phones, numbers cannot be reached, wrong numbers, or they have rejected the calls of our contact tracers. Our RESU and SESU are already engaged to physically locate the cases. The entry of the new COVID-19 variant poses a new threat for the Philippines as it deals with a disease that has infected more than 492,000 people in the country. The death toll now stands at nearly 9,700, while recoveries are at more than 458,000. Quezon City Mayor Joy Belmonte urged make that assures her constituents that they have nothing to worry about, even as the new COVID-19 variant was discovered in a resident. Belmonte says the patient and his girlfriend went straight to an isolation facility. Nais natin i-reassure yung mga mamamayan na ito kahit na residente ng Quezon City, hindi po siya lumapag sa community nung siya po ay na-pest. Siya po ay diniretso sa isolation facility so walang kailangan ikabahala ang mga mamamayan ng Paragay Kamuni. Now what I'm waiting for is the manifesto of the other passengers that were on the same flight kasi gusto ko pong i-monitor lahat po ng taga Quezon City that were on that same flight po. The Okta Research Group urges the national government to ramp up testing, isolation and contact tracing efforts, especially now that the new coronavirus variant from the UK has been detected in the country. Dr. Butch Ong says RT-PCR tests should also be modified to detect the changes in the virus's genetic material. He also called for a better information campaign to convince Filipinos to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Sa uh, usaping uh, vaccination, 
uh, hahabulin pa natin ang uh, 75%. Kasi 25% lang ang willing. No? Perhaps uh, maganda na umpisahan na natin ang massive uh, information campaign sa paggamit ng uh, vaccination program natin. No? Uh, yung, uh, yung benefits ng uh, pag-achieve ng herd immunity, no? ang benefits ng vaccine para makabalik na sa new normal. Marami sa ating mga kababayan ay nagaantay din naman na bumalik na tayo sa trabaho, bumalik na tayo sa new normal. And uh, this is the right time actually for us uh, to implement a good uh, strategy for uh, uh, public education, public advocacy, or social advocacy for the vaccination program. President Rodrigo Duterte defends government's decision to purchase COVID-19 vaccines from China's Sinovac despite growing criticisms on its efficacy. Duterte claims Sinovac's vaccines are just as good as those made by manufacturers from the U.S. or Europe. He added he's not forcing anyone to have themselves inoculated with a Chinese vaccine. Hindi sila nagkulang sa otak. Bright itong inject that uh, uh, they would not venture kung hindi sapat it is not safe sure and secure yung tatlo it must be safe sigurado, sure and secure that is the guarantee. It doesn't mean to say that the Americans or the Europeans and the EU uh, are better than the Chinese. Ako kung ano ang piliin ni Secretary Galvez. Kung ano yung responsibility niya, responsibility ko rin. Ultimately, actually, sa lahat na ito, kung may bulyaso, Yung aming sa gobyernong pinili at ninegosyate ngayon, kung may bulyaso, at the end of the day, akin talaga yung responsibilidad. Government has already secured at least 20 million doses of the Chinese drug makers' vaccine, with the first 50,000 expected to arrive next month. Local vaccine experts say they will consolidate technical data on the drug after Brazilian researchers drown, make that downgraded its efficacy rate to 50.4 percent from 78 percent. Actually, sa Istanbul, sa Turkey, 91.25% ang efficacy nila. At ang huli naming nakita na press release ng Sinovac ay nasa 70 plus percent ang efficacy nila after. Iba-iba talaga ang efficacy nila and kailangan makita natin isa-isa yung mga datos nila bago natin bibigyan ng uh, well, conclusion. The Philippine Food and Drug Administration has approved Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for emergency use. The approval comes three weeks after the U.S.-based company applied for emergency use authorization in the country. An EUA allows Pfizer's vaccine to be imported, distributed and administered here. FDA Director General Eric Domingo said it is reasonable to believe that Pfizer's vaccine may be effective to prevent, diagnose or treat COVID-19. Pfizer is the first vaccine to receive a green light here in the Philippines. Meanwhile, Chinese firm Sinovac has filed an application for the emergency use of its COVID-19 vaccine in the country. It is now awaiting approval along with other manufacturers, including AstraZeneca and Gamalea.
The Philippine government now in the final stages of negotiations with Moderna for up to 20 million doses of its COVID-19 vaccine. Philippine ambassador to the U.S. Jose Romualdez says these vaccines are expected to be delivered by the middle of this year. He adds the deal does not come with any strings attached, despite President Duterte's no vaccines, no visiting forces agreement threat to the U.S. last month. The president's uh, uh, mentioning the, the visiting forces agreement actually just called attention to the, the, the uh, urgency of our requirement to have these vaccines delivered to us as, at the quickest possible time. The policy of the United States is that they will make this available to any country, especially Moderna, which is federally funded, uh, uh, as soon as uh, they, they procure these vaccines or as soon as it's available. Uh, in the case of Pfizer, it's a private company. Although they are the biggest manufacturer of the uh, of this new technology, uh, they offered uh, to supply the Philippines uh, last year. Secretary Galvez is also in the midst of uh, negotiating with Pfizer, but through Covax, which uh, of which we are a we are a member, and so we will be getting this Pfizer uh, vaccines possibly earlier than uh, than uh, even Moderna. With a 94% efficacy rate, Moderna already has regulatory approval for use in the U.S., U.K., Canada, the European Union, and Israel. Outgoing U.S. President Donald Trump makes history by becoming the first U.S. leader to be impeached twice in the wake of the deadly siege of the Capitol. Question is, do U.S. lawmakers have enough time to remove Trump from office before he steps down on the 20th? Our North America Bureau Chief T.J. Manotok joins us for more on this developing story. T.J., good afternoon from Manila. Thanks, Jamina. That's right. For the first time in U.S. history, a president is impeached twice. President Donald Trump now holds that unfortunate distinction after Democratic-led House of Representatives voted to impeach Trump on the single article of impeachment, incitement of insurrection. Voting 232 to 97, the House took only one day to go through a few hours of debate that led to a quick vote on the floor. Joining the Democrats in the bipartisan vote were 10 Republicans, the most ever to vote against a sitting president of the same party. Led by the third highest Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney from Wyoming, the group of Republicans who chose to break ranks mostly said they are voting with their conscience. Representative Cheney from Wyoming, a conservative Republican, said this, the President of the United States summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack. And she said this as well. There has never been a greater betrayal by a president of the United States of his office and his oath of Constitution to the Constitution. But those who chose to remain loyal to Trump mostly denounced the speed of the rush impeachment that did not even have any hearings nor witnesses and that another impeachment would just cause more division. There will be criminal proceedings against the perpetrators, and I hope all of those who stormed the Capitol will be brought to justice. And some members have proposed an alternative procedure, censoring the president, uh, which could garner significant bipartisan support in the House. I do not think impeachment is a wise course, Mr. Speaker. I would urge my friends in the majority to reconsider. There's still time to choose a different path. 
For Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the bipartisan move was sending a strong message that nobody is above the law. There. Today, in a bipartisan way, the House demonstrated that no one is above the law, not even the President of the United States. That Donald Trump is a clear and present danger to our country, and that once again, we honored our oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help us God. And now, I sadly, and with her heart broken over what this means to our country, of a president who would incite insurrection, will sign the engrossment of the article of impeachment. After the final votes, Trump released a pre-recorded video on Twitter and YouTube using the White House account, but he did not address the ongoing impeachment. Rather, he focused on the violence at the Capitol exactly one week ago and condemning the violence and appealed to his followers to be peaceful and avoid any future lawbreaking and vandalism. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. But I cannot emphasize that there must be no violence no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. Everyone must follow our laws and obey the instructions of law enforcement. I have directed federal agencies to use all necessary resources to maintain order. In Washington, D.C., we are bringing in thousands of National Guard members to secure the city and ensure that a transition can occur safely and without incident. Like all of you, I was shocked and deeply saddened by the calamity at the Capitol last week. Carmina, Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell says the Senate impeachment process will not start until next week. He says there's no chance a fair and serious impeachment trial of Trump could conclude before President-elect Joe Biden is sworn in on January 20. Casey? Our North America Bureau Chief there, T.J. Manotok. Thanks, T.J., for joining us this afternoon. Keep safe. Back here in the newsroom, China reports its first COVID-19 death in eight months as the country battles the containing resurgence of the pandemic. Health authorities say the latest death occurred in Hebei province, where the government has placed several cities under lockdown. China had largely brought the virus under control after strict lockdowns and mass testing. But recent weeks have seen numbers climbing again, especially in the north. China reported 138 new COVID cases, its highest single-day tally since March. Another warning from the World Health Organization is the COVID-19 pandemic enters its second year. It says the second year of the health crisis could be tougher as the new, more transmissible variant spreads. It adds the post-holiday surge in cases will also be a factor. With the holidays uh, over the last several weeks, um, in some countries, the situation will get a lot worse before it gets better. 
Um, and I think those countries know who they are. And I think those countries are putting systems in place uh, to be able to make sure that they can treat patients. Going into a, a second year of this, it could even be tougher given the transmission dynamics and, and, and some of the issues that we're, we're seeing. So we need to you know, really focus on taking the positives, looking at what's worked uh, in every country, and then transferring that knowledge to others. COVID-19 has infected 92.2 million people, more than a year since it first emerged in Wuhan, China. The global death toll is approaching the 2 million mark. In other news, the Philippines' anti-graft court has junked the graft cases against ICT Secretary Gregorio Onasan. That's over the alleged misuse of his Priority Development Assistance Fund when he was a senator in 2012. The Sandigan Bayan granted the former senator's demur to evidence after it agreed that the evidence presented by the prosecution was weak. The ombudsman filed two counts of graft against Onasan in 2017 for alleged irregularities in the disbursement of 30 million pesos from his pork barrel funds meant supposedly for livelihood projects for Muslim communities in the national capital region and Zambales. The Skyway Stage 3 Elevated Expressway will fully open to the public on Friday, January 15th. Expressway operator San Miguel Corporation said the Skyway Stage 3 will be closed for official ceremonies today, January 14th. But all its seven lanes will be fully operational at 5 a.m. Friday. The 18-kilometer expressway connects the South Luzon Expressway to the North Luzon Expressway. Cutting travel time to only 30 minutes is expected to decongest Metro Manila's main thoroughfare, EDSA. Toll fees are waived for the whole month of January. Between 60 to 70,000 na yung dumadaan dito ngayon pa lang. At uh, hindi, kahit na hindi pa fully open lahat ng exit, malaking effect din sa mga ibang roads dahil na nabawasan na rin yung congestion sa Metro Manila. Ito yung uh, target namin na mabawasan ng EDSA ng at least 100,000 cars para bumalik siya sa original capacity. And that'll do it for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. If you want to revisit today's episode, Dateline Philippines podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Play back this newscast too on ANC's YouTube channel and on ANC 24-7 on Facebook. Keep safe. Keep it here on ANC.